Peace, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Behold Pop Culture, the show where we take a look at some prominent people, figures, and events in pop culture today and in the past and try and see what lessons we could take away from them. Today is Saturday, April the 3rd, and in the introduction of this new month, we get to wave goodbye to the first three months, the first quarter of 2021. Within this quarter, we had our fair share of unexpected events, whether tragic, entertaining, or just confusing. But in the end, unlike this time last year, it seems like people have a more optimistic view for the rest of 2021. So we'll dive right in into the NBA news, where on the court, there were two main stories that dominated the week. The first of which was the Los Angeles Lakers acquiring former Cleveland Cavaliers center Andre Drummond, statistically one of the greatest rebounders in NBA history. Regardless of how you may feel about his defense or his offensive ability, he can rebound the ball. So in his introduction to the Lakers, he, in a brief amount of time, showed that he was clearly the best center on their roster. Unfortunately, he would go down with a toe injury, but Andre Drummond is further making the league appear like if LeBron James and Anthony Davis can get healthy enough, the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets are on a collision course to face off in the NBA Finals. The second of the major stories was the Denver Nuggets, who recently acquired the forward Aaron Gordon from the Orlando Magic and look amazing. Since acquiring him, they haven't lost. Nikola Jokic, the best player on their team, is quietly but surely creeping into the MVP number one slot. It's looking like if Joel Embiid does not come back soon, if LeBron James does not come back soon, Nikola Jokic might just be the favorite to win the MVP this year. Meanwhile, in a crossover with the film side of things, Space Jam... A New Frontier featuring LeBron James dropped their first official trailer. And this, of course, means that it is confirmed that in July we will see the first and second only Space Jam movie since the Michael Jordan one was released. An opportunity for LeBron to further cement his legacy and put him in once again another conversation with Michael Jordan. And as much as I would love to dive into this, the real news of the NBA world over this past week was NBA superstar and scoring champion, MVP champion of the league, Kevin Durant, while on the sidelines, found himself in an unfortunate altercation over text with Michael Rappaport, a actor and host of The Big Three. Durant offered some relatively harsh words for Michael Rappaport in dispute to his claim that Durant should be more than willing to answer questions from the media. And while there's plenty of opinions on both sides about whether or not his terms were harmful, not only to Michael Rappaport, but to different communities... I'll leave that to the discretion of those who view the terms. 
But the real debate that I believe spurred out of it was whether or not the conversations you have in private deserve to be the basis for you to be judged in public. Particularly, ESPN superstar Stephen A. Smith drew comparison to the former issue with Donald Sterling and the Los Angeles Clippers. This was a situation where Donald Sterling's private conversations were leaked with him for all intents and purposes offering some pretty nasty terms with regards to black people, in particular Magic Johnson. And this led to the commissioner of the league deciding that he should be banned for life from ever coming back to an NBA game. So in comparison to that, should Kevin Durant's private terms be a basis by which the league can judge and ultimately punish him. Luckily for you, the league already made the decision and decided to fine him for the maximum $50,000. And while I don't necessarily agree or disagree with the punishment, what he was saying was just crazy. And the fair point that I will offer here is unlike Donald Sterling, who appeared to express opinions about an entire race of people, let alone the main race of people that play the sport of which he owns a team, Kevin Durant's comments appeared to be very focused towards Michael Rappaport. So while he offered some textual venom at Michael Rappaport, I'm glad that the NBA didn't do anything more than giving him a fine for slightly tampering with their reputation. The league and its fans could move on, and ultimately land on what will be the talk of the town for this week in the college basketball world. As on one side of the Final Four, the Houston basketball team took on Baylor and pretty much got walked out of the building, we had one of the greatest college basketball games ever, period, take place when UCLA took on Gonzaga. And a match that went all the way down to the wire, future NBA lottery pick Jalen Suggs went head-to-head with emerging star on UCLA, Johnny Juzang. As Johnny Juzang was giving me some strong Clay Thompson vibes throughout the game, and Jalen Suggs looked like a high IQ, great overall player as he made a phenomenal defensive play blocking a center, leading to an amazing pass down the court, in addition to the fact that he made the play potentially of the year. As at the end of the game, Johnny Juzang with the UCLA down by two points would tie the game, leave three seconds on the clock, and Suggs would demand the ball, refuse the timeout, drive down the court, and bang! Hit a game winner from about 40 feet away in transition. Bank shot. Go home UCLA. And he would jump onto the stands. Very reminiscent of Dwayne Wade and Kobe Bryant. And celebrate with his team. As he won them a berth to the NCAA championship game. And provided his team an opportunity to be the first team in 40 years to execute a completely undefeated college basketball Division I season. 
So congratulations to Jalen Suggs and Gonzaga. And I, without a doubt, will be watching the championship game and be back with some takes. The only other major news in the sports world has been NFL analysts taking over sports shows as they discuss what will be happening in the upcoming mock draft. But granted that that is still about a month away, I will pump the brakes on providing any takes that I have in that field. Lastly, McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, one of the biggest fights in the UFC, has been confirmed as the end of the trilogy will take place on July 10th. With all that being said, that still was not the biggest news in all of pop culture this week as former number one song of all time holder Little Nas X dominated headlines as he would release a Satan shoe marked after the infamous Satan model that's pretty popular in many different religions. He has the infamous red color. Some depict him with horns. Little Nas teamed up with a company to remix the Nike Air Max with a Satan colorway with a drop of blood in the shoe and with a case, a box that is littered with a bunch of designs of Satan on it. So, reasonably so, parents were in an uproar as many complained that Little Nas X had developed a strong fan base of younger children through his song Old Town Road. And they feared that because of this audience, him promoting Satanist agenda by their denomination would be harmful to their children and their future. But because of this, Little Nas X had a field day as he took to Twitter, offering amazing clapbacks to most of the complaints that people had. And without citing too many, even though they're worth a look just for entertainment's sake, the main premise was that many don't even know that Old Town Road has a theme discussing lean, a popular but very harmful drug-drink mixture, as well as adultery. So the real question became, should these people have even allowed their children to listen to Old Town Road? Now, from my perspective, I have a very objective, down-the-middle opinion of it. I believe that those shoes are definitely out of pocket. You will not catch me ever wearing those shoes. But to be fair, the people that are involved in religions revolving around the premise of those shoes, I'm sure are having a field day upgrading their drip with some Nikes. But on the other hand of things, regardless of what age you are, we as a society have gotten very comfortable not focusing too much into the lyrics of popular music. Most people could sing along, but don't necessarily put much thought into what they are reciting. We have seen songs about murder, drugs, adultery, whatever you want to come up with, you name it. There has been a song about it where people have recited the lyrics very passionately, whether it's in a club, party, whatever you want to call it. 
without taking much issue. So is the problem really the song itself? Or is the problem that people have singled out this artist? All that really came out of this was Lil Nas X was able to catapult his song all the way to number one because of all the controversy surrounding it. So give him a round of applause for some expert marketing there because plenty of people took the bait. Now everyone's entitled to their own opinion on this. I have no problem with the people that are just trying to think about their children. But directing those opinions at Lil Nas X does nothing. Whereas using that as a basis to be more aware of the music you listen to and the music that society chooses to enjoy will be a much more productive conversation. Because outside of that, Little Nas X is just another Takashi 6ix9ine who will continue to feed off of the bad responses that really just turn into great marketing for his music. I know that it has been a pretty controversial topic over the last week, but I know that there's going to be people who disagree and people who agree with me, and I'm always open to get better educated on why or why not my opinion is right or wrong. But that was the topic all over music news for the week to the point where it drowned out anything that would be slightly relevant. As now Little Nas X's Call Me By Your Name has shot to the top of the charts, Its music video has a ton of views, and his sneakers sold out in seconds. And that will allow us to move on to the film section of things. As the film that came out this week that garnered a ton of attention from action fans out there was Godzilla, also known as Gojira, versus Kong. King Kong the king of the jungle, the ape from Skull Island. And I think it's fair to say that most people going into the movie are really looking for one thing. They're trying to get to the action scene, see what the CGI is looking like, see what the action is looking like, and give their opinion based on that. The side story that allowed them to arrive at the main battle was subpar at best. I will give my spoiler warning here. Now, if you're still here, we can talk about the fact that there were three side characters led by Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things who had some of the most insignificant roles that I've ever seen in a movie. As they were tasked with finding out why Godzilla was returning to wreak havoc, Their role only really became important at the very end of the movie when they tossed up an alley-oop assist to Godzilla and King Kong as the main antagonist of the whole film ended up being Mechagodzilla, a robot adaptation built after Godzilla but created to be an apex predator, a being capable of taking down Godzilla himself. And while I could go on with talking about the irrelevant scenes, I will instead use this time to give so much credit to the people who animated this whole movie. Because the Godzilla vs. Kong scenes were on point, Godzilla definitely went to work on Kong as, as he threw hands with him twice, 
First, with Kong having some assistance from military backup, where he apparently would have lost without them. And the second time, Godzilla straight up beating King Kong, even with him having a weapon on his side. Luckily, in the end, they were able to team up and defeat Mecha Godzilla and give each other a nod of respect for both being formidable fighters. So in the end, I thought it was a decent movie. There for sure was plenty of room for growth on the story side, the writing side of things. But I can't use that too much to knock the grade because that's not really what I'm there for. I hope that they can arrive at the fight comfortably and expect the fighting to look out of this world. No pun intended. Lastly, the new episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was released. And Marvel continues on this streak of putting out great content. As the new episode was even better than the last. Spoiler alert again. They have been on this adventure to find who's putting out this super serum. That's creating more soldiers, superhuman soldiers. And what ends up happening is they get a lead and they're on their way to find the woman who's behind the rebellion. But throughout that, what has really impressed me within the series is the way they're building up the Captain America versus Falcon that it seems inevitable at this point that they will end up having the battle because both of them are out for the same mission, but the new Captain America demands the credit for it. He has a strong desire to prove himself as a true Captain America. But in addition to that, the show has on multiple occasions touched the topic of race, which is always sensitive, especially in a superhero universe. But they're tackling it pretty well, as it has been humor-filled without touching on any sensitivities and still being able to make us like these characters who most would say were far from their favorite Marvel superheroes in the series. But similar to how they turned Wanda and Vision into deeper characters that are desirable to see in different scenarios, the Falcon is appearing to be a more detailed, more interesting character through these adventures as we untangle his true desires beyond just being an Avenger. Likewise, the Winter Soldier is growing to be more and more human despite having such a troubled background. So as I continue to applaud Marvel for their great work, I will take away from this series a great lesson that I hope you can bring with you throughout your journey this week. Little Nas X showed a lot of people this week that every opinion has a point of opposition And at the end of the day, people settle on what the most evidence allows them to decide. So the lesson that I took away from that entire situation was before you look to criticize others, it's worth reflecting on your own experiences. Plenty of people listen to music filled with some pretty explicit topics. And at the end of the day, though I personally believe that the demonic stuff was a step up, you as a Behold Pop Culture listener, striving to be the best version of yourself, 
have an opportunity to use the flaws that you see in others as a point of learning. Being able to learn from others can help you improve yourself and even understand more about yourself by taking the same issues that people are complaining about and figuring out what role you may or may not play within it. And in this specific scenario, maybe it'll make you a better parent. Who knows? And with that, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Thank you, as always, for listening. I appreciate you taking out the time. And as always, I'm trying to find ways to make myself better at this. So let me know if you have any. And I'm trying to find more lessons to help you become a better person. I'll be right back here next week. And I'll talk to you next time. This is Behold Pop Culture.